The college football experience FCS style Patriot League preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Networks brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. Once again, that is birddogs.com slash pool. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. The 4th of July is right around the corner. Give the Patriots out there something to listen to regarding the old Patriot League. And look, perhaps you're just wondering, what the hell am I doing here yelling at you? Well, uh, and, and maybe you're wondering just who the hell I am. All right. Well, my name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. He was raised in the land down under where a man thinks on his feet speaks with his fists and lives by his wits when dundee happened he was a superstar i'm probably drinking too much and celebrating too much and not sleeping would have killed a normal man but now that's gone the medical advice i got from that was was like being hit by lightning pretend it never happened and get on with your life and you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist pussy. And I'm after you, buddy. You're going to pay for it. Good night. Oh, the Patriot League, the same league that sent two teams to the playoffs last year. And you could make the argument that the winner of the Patriot League last year, <clears throat> okay, the Holy Cross Crusaders, played South Dakota State as well as any. It was tied up in the fourth quarter. So what's not to like about the Patriot League? All right, the history in this league, unbelievable. I can't wait to talk about it with my friend. Give it up for my co-host. Uh, we call him Golf Coast Guru as well. But give you, I give you Mike Rose. How you doing, Mike? And uh, excited to talk a little Patriot League ball with you, man. Yeah, dude, I'm excited to be on this one. Uh, technical difficulties kept me out last week. Uh, technical difficulties with like my whole life last week, but bottom line, <laughs> I was in Florida with no air conditioning. It was bad. I was sweating all over the place. The computer didn't want to work, but uh, man, I may not have been born on the 4th of July, like Ron Kovac, you know, <laughs> but Hey, let's talk some Patriot league football leading up to the holiday. I love it. Great idea. You're a genius. Yes, yes, yes. And shout out to Durko gaming. He says FCS makes me horny. Well, you know, you gotta love FCS football. It is, uh, you know, football is just, and FCS has a true playoff where like they have automatic bids. You know, I mean, like, look, I love the FBS, but they're lacking. They need to get the auto bid situation figured out for every conference. But that's what we have in the FCS and the Patriot League. Like I said, two two teams made it to the FCS playoffs a year ago: Fordham and Holy Cross. We're gonna be talking all about them. Um, and we're going to try to just go quickly. You know, this isn't probably going to be a super long, it's not a super 
this isn't one of the, the, the new big 10 or sec. There's not 16 teams in a conference. All right. There's just a, there's a limited amount that we're going to talk about, uh, but we're going to give out our projections, talk a little bit about the history. And uh, so it's probably not going to be that long of an episode, but just know we're going to preview every conference. All right. We're just getting started on the FCS college football experience. So subscribe, tell a friend it's coming the road to Frisco. Uh, but I want to tell you before we get into all that, that the FCS gambling podcast, I'm sorry, the FCS college football experience. I just did the USFL gambling podcast. So my apologies, uh, subscribe to that one as their championship game is happening right now. But uh, we're brought to you by bird dogs. Yes. Bird dogs make you look good. Yes. Bird dogs are stretch khaki shorts and they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Hey, the FCS has pumped out a shit ton of very good players. All right, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, you can go on and on and on. Trey Lance, mo- you know, mo- most recently, but also, I mean, you can go Gil Fennerty. All right, he was a Holy Cross Crusader. All right, you can go one by one. Vince Lombardi comes from this fine, fine conference as well. So, uh, look, we're going to make you look like that. You're going to be looking like Walter Payton or Gil Fennerty if you throw on some bird dog shorts. All right, they fit way better than regular shorts. Regular shorts are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric. It looks just like khakis, but it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to, without having to sacrifice all that movement. Uh, bird dog also figured this out. Look, if you're planning on going to FCS games, you're supporting the Patriot league. Maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're planning to go check out a game this year. Maybe it's Cooper field. You're going down there in Washington, DC. It's just, maybe it's going to be hot in August and you're saying, damn, all right. I'm be sweating. The humidity's crazy. Well, man, you don't want some bird dogs, all right? Because their anti-stink sweat wicking fabric keeps you cool and dry and smelling all right all day long. You don't want to smell like Christian Slater when you're in the stands sitting next to everybody, all right? Especially if you're with your, uh, you know, your partner, all right? So go to birddogs.com/pool. Enter that promo code pool. That's P-O-O-L for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. They're gonna give you a tumbler. You can take it to the game. Throw a little vodka, a little who knows what else in there, and you'll be having a good old time. Uh, that's birddogs.com/pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We can promise you that. All right, we are back on the FCS college football experience. And uh, look, we're talking Patriot league football. What is not to like? And I figured the best way to preview this, cause we're, we're at a practice with this is brand new. Now I did do the FCS show on the college football experience the past couple of years, but I didn't get a chance to, to really break down the conferences uh, preseason. So this is, this is out of practice a little bit here, but I, the way I figured it is we would go, we would rattle off our order on who we think will be the worst. Well, I think we all know who the best team is. And if you follow Patriot league football, you will, uh, I think everyone knows, but um, so let's go from worst to first, the way that I, I, you know, the way that I think is easiest for the listener. And we'll try to be optimistic about the chances for each team uh, coming into 2023. So without any further ado, uh, the team that I had rated last, I wonder if it's a team that you had rated last and unfortunately I am a big fan of them because I grew up in this area uh, and I want them to focus more into football because this, if you, if you know your history a long time ago, they took football a lot more seriously. Talk about the Georgetown Hoyas. All right. I, I have the Georgetown Hoyas as my look. I think it's a big year for their head coach, Rob Scarlotta. 
And you know, I, I, I'm actually surprised you can tell this is Georgetown because you know, I feel like a lot of other situations in uh, in college football, you would not be given this big of a pass. Now Georgetown's been known as a basketball school, but a long, long time ago, they have a great football history. He is 25 and 62 as the head coach of the Hoyas former Georgetown running back. And that might be what's keeping, you know, they're giving him a little longer leash. Cause he is, he's one of them. He is a Hoya. Um, he was an assistant after he, be, you know, so he, he was a, a player from 90, 90 to 93 became assistant uh, from 95 to 2013, really paid his dues there. But the reality is, is he has yet to have a winning season and this is year nine. Now he's had a couple five and six seasons in 18 and 19, but damn, if he hasn't had a winning season, I'm curious, were they your least ranked team? Yeah, I, I, uh, I was pretty confident that we would both have them at the bottom here. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he is 25 and 62 since 2014, which is like startling to see that he still has a job. Um, but the program as a whole has had just one winning season in the two thousands, 2011, they went eight and three and then that's pretty much it. Um, I'm combing through all kinds of stuff like notable alumni <laughs> comedian, <laughs> Jim Gaffigan, was actually a wide receiver for this university. So um, he didn't strike me as the uber athletic type. So <laughs> if that's the type of football player we've been putting through this program for years. Uh, yeah. I mean, they definitely need to focus a little bit more on this sport. So uh, maybe bring in uh, alumni, Jim Schwartz uh, from the old lions head coach, maybe bring him in, figure something out, but yeah, Joe Moorhead, Joe Moorhead coached here too in yes. the nineties or late eighties, I believe. Um, so uh, no, I think nineties, I think it was the nineties, late nineties, but this is a program that does go back. They played in the orange bowl, you know, against uh, Mississippi state back in, in uh, well, it was a long time ago, but uh, you know, I think it was what, I think it was the early 1900s. But my point is, is that they've been playing a long time. They, they have some history to their, to their program. Um, I know their program went away for a couple of years, but they brought it back and uh, you know, uh, I just feel like it's put up or shut up time. This has got to be the year that they either surprise or they're done, you know, or, or he's done, I would assume. But look last season, I tried to get optimistic. I, I look back at what happened. They got their ass kicked pretty much every game last year. Um, so I don't know how, how one should be super optimistic about uh, the Hoyas, you know, uh, their quarterback, their quarterback got plucked away in the portal from a year ago in Pierce Holly. He's now at Eastern Illinois. So I I don't know if you're supposed to be coming into the season saying, Hey, we can, we can really do something here, but I'll say this. All right. You look back at last season and they had a two point loss to Lehigh, right? They had an overtime loss to Bucknell. So those two lo- those are the only one score losses. The rest, they got their ass whooped, honestly. Monmouth. I know Monmouth now in the CAA 45, six win against them. Columbia out of the Ivy league, 42, six win against them. Uh, the, the Quakers of Penn put up 59 Fordham. Obviously we know Tim Demorat and the, you know, they were really good, put up 59 on, on the Hoyas. Uh, they just got their ass with pretty much every game. Maybe you can make a case. Colgate game was a little closer than the final score. Colgate ended up winning by 10, but uh, you know, they lost their best guy their best guy gets taken away in the portal in uh, Pierce Holly. They have Tyler Noop. I think it is Canoop Noop. I think it is. And they have, so 
Nope played a little bit last season. He's back for his, his senior year. I think taking advantage of the COVID eligibility thing. They also have Connor Katz. He didn't play last year, but he started. He, he, I don't think he started actually. He played in a couple games in the 21 season. So they got those two quarterbacks. But this, I don't think it matters. I think you know the defense gave up almost 37 points a game last season. That is the number one concern, the defense, but also losing your best quarterback and your wideout, your top wideout. I don't know what to really be optimistic about. Maybe I'm wrong, and and Tyler Noop can uh, can 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 be you know someone that I'm perhaps underestimating. What what's your take of this roster? Yeah, I'm, I'm I don't I don't think I could put my confidence in Mr. Noop. Uh, I, I just don't like the name. Not a strong football name, I don't think. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you hit on it. They lost Joshua Tomas, uh, 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, they got their two top running backs back, but they didn't do anything to write home about really. Um, they lost an O lineman that was a former three star recruit, actually, but uh, Sam Teleza. He transferred to New Mexico, so they lost that. They do have a defensive back, Wedner Cadet. He had five interceptions and 125 yards on the returns um, last year. So that's like the highlight player that I was able to dig up on this team. There's not a whole lot of excitement there in uh, Cooper Field. So uh, I'm on the same page as you, man. Yeah, their top tackler too, Justin uh, Fontenot, I think is gone as well. So they, but once again, I guess there's two ways to look at this. If your defense was that ass last year, you can't get much worse, right? And and you know maybe you can make a case that the schedule could be easier. I don't think the Patriot. I think it's highly unlikely that the Patriot League sends two this year to the FCS playoffs. So you have that going for you, and then the non-con seems a little bit. Easier than a year ago. Uh, they still they still play uh, Penn, which is probably going to whoop them. If anything, they got to go to Franklin Field, that legendary stadium. But they also got to go to the Columbia Lions, and then they get Stonehill. And Stonehill's actually decent. So I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like they're the worst team. But I I feel like this is a team. You know, growing up in the area, they got to get throw some money into this program. Georgetown has money. All right, they have money. Take football more seriously, please, please. Um, so look, I'm glad we agree on the worst team in the. Now it gets interesting, though. Now it gets interesting because um, this is only a seven-team conference, right? And I'm curious who we have at number six here because I rated it as the Bucknell Bison. I'm curious who you had at number six. Uh, really close. I had the two teams. Uh, the next two teams of mine have the same record, but I had Bucknell actually beating the Lehigh Mountain Hawks. Uh, they get them. They get them on the road, or uh, they get. Uh, yeah, they're at Bucknell. Lehigh goes to Bucknell. Plus, they got a new first-year head coach, Kevin Cahill, coming over from Yale. He was the offensive coordinator there. So while I do think there's some pieces there at Lehigh. Um, I trusted what Bucknell has going a little bit more. So I have Lehigh. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's talk then about Lehigh. See, this is the reason why I did take them is because the mountain Hawks, um, they do have a new head coach. And and to me, you look back at last year, their defense obviously was a huge problem at 29, basically 30 points a game. They're giving up, um, which was not the worst in the league, which is crazy. Um, and uh Kevin Cahill comes in from Yale. Yale has a good, good program. And that offense has been able to move the ball. 
So to me, one of the biggest problems for Lehigh and believe it or not, we watch a decent amount of Georgetown and Lehigh football here at the SGPN studios. Cause stacking the money green is a Lehigh guy. And since I'm in DC, I throw Georgetown up there normally pretty much every, every uh, Saturday. So, um, but it got ugly last year. I gotta be honest. It turned we turned it off a little bit, but, but Lehigh's <laughs> offense was ass last year, 17 points a game. That's just not gonna cut it. You know what I mean? So uh, the defense got to get better, but you tell me you bring back a senior quarterback and Dante Perry and you get a coach that knows a little bit about offense. I tend to think the offense can't get much worse. So, and you bring back your top running back in Gage Garcia. And I'm starting to think, Hey, the mountain Hawks might be better than I think. Now the de- sure the defense, you could argue the defense could get worse because clearly you can get worse. I look at Georgetown, they gave up 36 and a half points a game. Meanwhile, Lehigh was just 30. I just think, uh, I think that the roster coming in with that experience and knowing the coach's track record, I give him a leg up on, on, uh, on Bucknell, but clearly you do not. That'll be, that'll be fun to watch. Um, what's your take on this Lehigh team? Uh, I mean, it was very interesting to dig into them a little bit. I mean, they're, they're 40th all time in program wins 680. Um, it's, it's a, they got 10 Patriot league titles. They were division two national champs in 1977. So, I mean, there's a lot of history to this, obviously this, them and uh, the Lafayette. I mean, this, that's one of the oldest rivalry. It is the oldest rivalry yeah. in college football, oldest rivalry. rivalry, you know? So, I mean, it's awesome. There's so much history to it, but it was just a lot of the new, now, I am interested in Gage Garcia. He was a former three-star back, and uh, Kevin Cahill does like to run the ball, so that could be pretty interesting. He only had 618 yards last year, but it was on 4.8 yards average per carry, so maybe give him a little, the rock a little more. It, uh, decrease Dante Perry's uh, interceptions. He threw nine interceptions to just 12 touchdowns last year, so a little rough there. Um, this is a team that could turn a corner and, and could turn a corner with this coach. I do believe in the coach but I'm just not sure right off the bat this year, especially with games like the Bucknell game being on the road. They got a tough out of conference with Merrimack with Monmouth on the schedule. Um, Villanova too. I mean, that's, that's rough. So yeah. no, the, the non-con is brutal. The non-con is brutal. They, they, the non-con is what Villanova Merrimack. And then they get two Ivy. They, they, they honestly have a pretty hard out of conference schedule with what Cornell dot Dotmouth and Monmouth. Um, yeah. So I understand that's a great point that you make though, is maybe I'm underestimating the schedule because you know, they get back to back away at, at Dartmouth and at Monmouth. I don't think they'll be favored in any of those games. Actually, they're probably going to start out. zero and five to tell you the truth. And then they follow that back to back with a third road trip to Fordham. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know, I know Fordham loses uh, Demorat and and those wideouts, but I kind of trust the product that Fordham's doing. You're probably right. They're probably gonna start out zero and six, and then thankfully they'll get Georgetown. But then they get Bucknell, and that's a possible win. But you make a good point. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see year one. I just feel like Yale has been somewhat of a uh, of a pretty damn good school in the Ivy League. So maybe Cahill can uh, can come in and ignite them. Um, let's talk about the team that I had ranked so far back, uh, the Bucknell Bison, where Dave Cecchini. I think I'm, I'm I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's in year five. Now this is one. You go back and look, and I actually think they're a little grateful to give him a fifth year. Uh, do you think I'm crazy there? Because 
I mean, this all fit this team's offense. <laughs> I, I actually had that sacred heart game on week one last year. It was pretty hilarious. Cause everyone was telling me to change it here at the studio. We were watching our, our <laughs> games and I was like, no way, dude, it's look at that score. Uh, well, they won six, nothing in that game. And you thought, Hey, it's, uh, you, it's, uh, there's reason to be uh, optimistic. I'm sorry. No, 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 that was the Lafayette sacred heart game. Actually. It was not yes. the Bucknell game. My, my bad. Um, but uh, no, I think Bucknell's t- they were just a terrible offensive team. They were a terrible offensive team. They, they had multiple games where they, they got shut out. Uh, this is the worst offense in the league. And I don't understand unless it's a financial thing, but I know these schools got money. It's just that they're, they give them a long leash. Uh, and I, I look, I'm not rooting for anyone to get fired. I just don't understand how you can back a team that averaged 12 points per game a season ago, 12, 12 points a game. I, I mean, the defense was actually, I mean, the, look, the defense gave up 28 points per game, but I feel like that's a little bit diluted. The, like when you dive into the stats on that, I think the defense was better than their action. They're on the field all the time. First off, because the offense sucks. They held Towson to 14 points. I, I actually think the defense wasn't that bad. Okay. Holy cross put up 57 on them, but Holy cross was really good Fordham, another playoff team put up 59 on them. That dilutes the stats a little bit. You look at what they did in the other games. I feel like the defense was actually like the rock of the team and the team's terrible. I don't know that they're going to be better this year uh, from an offensive standpoint. Talk to me about Bucknell and why you think they, they should be better than Lehigh this year. Um, honestly, what I think it mostly comes down to, uh, I had them both getting two and four in conference. They get Lehigh at home. They get Georgetown at home. I like those facts. I feel pretty good about it. I mean, they beat Lehigh last year at Lehigh 19 to 17. So it's honestly, it's not so much a crazy play for Bucknell. It's just the situation that they do get them at home. Now, um, this team, they, they were, they were held under 20 points in nine of 11 games last year. That's really, really rough. They do bring in a transfer, Eric Weatherly from Duke. He was originally recruited three-star running back for Duke. He's now going to play wide receiver. This guy got offers from UAB, Ball State, USF, FAU, Bowling Green, Kentucky, Coastal Carolina, Southern Miss, and then obviously Duke where he eventually went. Um, He played in 2022. He had like two carries. One of them, though, was a touchdown. And it was a pretty decent little like uh, 15, 16-yard run. So not bad. I think he could make a little bit of noise. They had a former two-star recruit. Didn't even know they really ranked him that low, first <laughs> one. <laughs> but uh, safety Brent Jackson, who had 82 tackles last year, four interceptions, three sacks. So he's a little bit of a ball hawk all over the place. Um, yeah, it's not that I think this team that listen they've fallen a long way since winning the first ever Orange Bowl, 26 to nothing over Miami. But uh, yeah, they, they they've fallen from there. But I, I just think I like the fact that they get Georgetown and Lehigh at home. That is true. I actually like kind of the end of the schedule here, but the beginning is at JMU where they're going to get just absolutely pummeled. But, and I guess you can make a case, you know, VMI, I believe is breaking in a brand new head coach and Danny Rocco, the former uh, Delaware blue hen and uh, Richmond spider head coach. Um, Maybe uh, they could pull it upset because brand new scheme there. After that, they get a bye week before the Penn Quakers come to town for homecoming. Then they head to Lafayette uh, and then Holy cross then at Cornell, I mean, I kind of feel like the backside of the schedule of, of Lehigh. So starting like October 21st, Lehigh comes to town. Then you go to Andy Kerr stadium, take on Colgate. They are back to back away at Fordham. But Hey, to me, like 
okay, you're probably going to lose the Fordham game, but that's only one hard game. Then you have home to Georgetown and at Marist this, this, they could really end the season. Well, you're talking me into me being wrong on my own picks because of the schedule there. I think maybe you are right, but man, I just, that offense was so bad. It was so bad that I have I, I have a hard time. This is year f- last year was year four, and the the offense is supposed to show a little more signs of life than say you know in year year one or two you can get away with the offense being that bad. But year four, we'll see. Big year for the Bison. Um, all right. So to recap, right now, um, real quick, the funny thing too is uh, Chachini, if that's how you want to say it, uh, your guess is as good as mine, but he was 17 and 38 at Valpo too. So this guy, like he just keeps going, man, <laughs> not winning any games, failing but. upward, failing <laughs> yeah. upward. Let's right. go. Um, all right. Now look, I'll preview one more team. Then we'll hit to a head to a commercial break. But to recap right now, Georgetown is the seventh ranked team in, in the uh, Patriot league for us. Then the uh, Lehigh he's talked me into switching my opinion. I think Lehigh will probably Let's be seventh. I, I'm interested though. I'm going to be following that storyline throughout the year of how Cahill does in year one and see if, if Dante Perry and Gage Garcia coming back for the mountain Hawks will, will be enough to get them better than Bucknell. But I think the schedule's better for Bucknell. I would love to see some signs of offense for me to really feel good about me, me, me declaring them better than, than Lehigh, but let, let's, let's stick to it. I think the schedule's easier. Okay. So that means we only have four teams left. This is where it gets a little tricky. This is where it gets a little tricky because I struggled with this part. I am going to go with Lafayette. It I, it was between them, Colgate and Fordham here. I thought Fordham could, could really regress, but then you dive a little deeper into it. You see who's back and you say, okay. And who they got in the portal. I went Lafayette. I don't feel amazing in it uh, or, uh, you know, about this play, but especially considering that John Troxel, that was year one last year. So I feel like the team will be better in year two. They return Ashan Davis at the quarterback spot, Jamar Curtis at the running back spot. Damn. I'm talking myself into thinking they could finish number two. I don't know. Like I just feel like Colgate with, with bringing back quarterback, Michael Breshka, I think that's, that's a big thing for them to bring back. So I'm actually going to go Lafayette. What are you doing here? As far as uh, essentially uh, what fourth place in, in the Patriot league. So I had Colgate. Uh, yeah, I, I was between Colgate and Lafayette right here. I feel pretty similar about the two of them. Now I am definitely lower on Fordham than what they put up last year. I don't think they're going to be the same type of team, but I still think that team has enough. I think they have enough of a culture. I think they have a few pieces remaining. Uh, they still got the coach going. So um, I, I went Colgate here. I, I think this was really tough between them and Lafayette. There was a couple pieces of Lafayette. I liked a little better. So I went with the Raiders. Well, you look back at the Raiders season a year ago, let's talk, we'll talk about them first because they did. They had a nice win week two. First off crazy travel to open the season back to back away. They were in Palo Alto against Stanford of the FBS. And then they went to Maine. I don't think you can go. I mean, short of Hawaii to Maine, that that is a ridiculously far trip, uh, but they beat the Maine Black Bears, who are a decent program. I know Maine had a tough year last year, but they're a decent program historically, or at least of late, past twenty years, in in the uh, the CAA and the FCS. Here, um, they beat them, and then they played. I thought they played Penn tough, considering how Penn beat you know some of the other schools in this in this conference. 
24 to 14 loss. They played them tough. Uh, obviously they got destroyed by Holy cross. Then uh, they were right there. And I remember watching this game against Cornell. They lose by three to Cornell in the Ivy league. Uh, they then get a bye week. Then they did get destroyed by army, but then they beat Georgetown by 10. They beat Bucknell the following week, had a little bit of a win streak going, but then Lafayette beat them by five, just five points. Uh, now that was in Hamilton, New York at Colgate. So I can understand the reason maybe for you thinking they got to go to Lafayette this year. But even after that, I feel like the Lehigh game, they lose by three Fordham game that Fordham was really good. They kept it within 14. Um, I just don't think the team is as bad as their record indicates from a year ago, three and eight. And you tell me that you're returning, you know, you're, you're leading your quarterback that not only was, you know, obviously your quarterback, but he led the team in rushing. He led the team in rushing a year ago for them. And Michael Breshka talk to me about uh, Colgate and why you think they're going to end up there. I was distracted by the comments there for a second. Did you bet some MLB tonight? <laughs> oh, like- I, I, I did not bet some MLB tonight, <laughs> but shout out to St. Vendrell and uh, Nathan Cerna. Um, there, hey, there we go. He, he, someone made some money on MLB. Sure. Shout yeah, out to that. All right. Remember to bet the <laughs> FCS though, because the FCS is awesome football, but uh, yeah. So the Colgate Raiders, um, I know you, and here's another thing is if you, if you pull up the schedule for what Colgate has this year, you could oh. make an argument that it's a lot harder than last year. They're at Syracuse to open the season back to back away at Villanova. Now Villanova was seen. They're, they're like a blue blood in the FCS. They were down last year. Like they were not, that was not a, a normal year for Villanova football. So we're expecting Villanova to be a lot better this year. So I would say you're probably right. They're going to start out. Oh, and two, but then the Penn Quakers come to Andy Kerr stadium. They gave Penn a tougher game. I know they still lost that game. I, I know we have to favor Penn, but maybe they can get that one. And then brutal so at Holy cross. And then at Cornell, I think they might be able to get Cornell, but they're going to lose at Holy cross as we'll get to in a bit. But um, four road games in their first five weeks. What are you doing, athletic director? What what's going on here? Um, then then they host Dartmouth, and then uh, they're at Georgetown, taking on Bucknell, then at Lafayette, home to Lehigh, home to Fordham. See, I think they can close the season. I like the back end of the schedule, but I do think I hope they don't quit on the team because there is a, a real shot that they could be zero and five. I'm gonna I'm gonna call for them to be one and four. And upset Cornell, but they could be zero and five heading into their bye week, and maybe that is the reason why I should have Lafayette ahead of Colgate. Your thoughts? Yeah, I got I got them one and four. I actually have them pulling the upset against Penn. I think hard fought game last year. You know that's one of the better teams over there in the Ivy League, and I I think they're going to pull it off at home. Uh, I like the pieces of this team. You mentioned Michael Bresca. Um, 2021 Patriot league rookie of the year. He had 1600 passing yards, 750 rushing yards last year. They bring back some uh, defense. They bring back uh, linebacker, Tyler flick, 81 tackles, a sack and a fumble force last year. So, I mean, they have some pieces. This is a storied program. Actually, this is, they have 11 trips to the FCS playoffs last one in 2018. They had a national championship appearance in 2003. Sure. They got waxed by Delaware whatever 1932 they went nine and oh 234 to nothing against ooh, opponents ooh, ooh, <laughs> yeah they're, they're referred to as undefeated untied unscored upon and uninvited because in classic Colby Dant rant uh 
history here. <laughs> they were not invited to the Rose Bowl, but they were nominated as Park H. Davis National Champs that year. So a little bit of consolation. Own and it, baby. Is, Own it. <laughs> yes, you got to take yeah. it, man. Take it where you can get it. But uh, I mean, I don't have them being world beaters. I have them five and six, and I have them three and three in conference. But um, I think they get Dartmouth. I think you got Georgetown, Bucknell. I think they could take them, and you get Lehigh at home. So um, I like some things about this team. I just like the Lafayette a little bit more. That's all. Well, the, I think Lafayette might have an easier schedule, but we'll, 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 we'll dive into that in a minute. But Breshka back is such a big deal. I plan to watch a little Raider football. And I think Syracuse fans out there get to know the name Michael Breshka because <laughs> the guy, the guy was pretty damn good last year. But um, okay, look, before we get to Lafayette, I want to tell you folks out there that the FCS college football experience is brought to you by underdog fantasy. Yes. Best ball mania is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. They also have college football when season when the season goes to kick. Check it out. So many ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so so many different states. Head over to UnderdogFantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Once again, that's UnderdogFantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. All right. We are back on the FCS college football experience, which you should be subscribed to. And remember folks, you can watch this on YouTube, youtube.com uh, slash the uh, slash or youtube.com slash college experience. You can watch it live. We have all of our feed going through the college experience FBS show as well, as well as the college basketball experience and the college baseball experience. So check it out uh, and subscribe to all those solo podcast feeds. If you can, now we talk about the Lafayette leopards, which I am intrigued. And I, I will notice this Colgate was two and three in one score games a year ago. Lafayette though was three and one in one score games and they were with the first year coach in John Troxel. Uh, Ashawn Davis is back and he was young. Like he's got years to go uh, at Lafayette and same with Jamar Curtis. So they went with the youth movement and they weren't, they weren't terrible. So um, I can see the logic year two. They're going to know the system better. Um, offensively and defensively. They do though, once again, challenge themselves schedule wise. And this is the question I think I would ask you is this schedule harder than Colgate's because at Duke is, 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 is that's a, that's a power five that I think Duke is better than Syracuse. Um, Then Monmouth in the CAA, who's a solid program. And then to me, the big one here is the Princeton Tigers are really good. Um, so I, I, in a way, you could build the case that this schedule's harder than uh, than Colgate's. But I'm curious your thoughts in general about the team, and then get to the schedule and give me your thoughts there. What do you make of uh, the Leopards in 2023? Yeah. So one thing that I like is uh, John Troxel. He's he's. It seems to be a theme in this conference. Actually, he was a former safety. Lafayette in 1990 through 1993 went four and seven last year, but in D three at Franklin and Marshall, he went 92 and 67. So this is a guy that won on that level. Um, we've seen those guys pan out uh, Lance Leipold, Caleb DeBauer, those guys that go down and they win big in D three, the lower divisions of college football. They know what they're doing. They know how to coach. So I like his chops there. I like that. This is one of the oldest programs in the United States. Uh, college football in general, they have three national championships that they can claim six undefeated seasons, which I know you would call all six of them 
national championships. Own that uh, shit. Own <laughs> that shit, man. And look, this is the NIL era. These universities have money. All it takes is them to want to be good because in the NIL era, not only do they have uh, alumni that are very successful out in the world. I, I mean, I know I, I'm cutting you off, but like, if they wanted to, me and Patty, she've been talking about this, like the Ivy league, the Patriot league, if they wanted to, they could just say, all right, let's, we're going to take football serious again. I oh, would yeah. love to, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. But anyway, continue on. No, absolutely. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, if the money's there, chuck it and you know, these alumni have it. So let's, let's do it. I mean, this is a storied storied program. So uh, they also, they have an O lineman on their team, six foot six, John Olmstead. Former four, four star recruit that come that transferred in from Notre Dame. His problem, he can't stay healthy. That man stays healthy. That's going to help out your Ashawn Davis. That's going to help out Jamar Curtis. That's going to help out Elijah Stewart. Also, wide receiver comes back. So, um, and they do lose Malik Ham, which was a D lineman last year. Eight sacks, two fumbles forced. Uh, he was the conference defensive player of the year. So, that's a big loss right there. But my point overall is that I think Troxel is going to have this, this program that has a lot of history. I think he has them going in the right direction and I trust his pedigree in the D three. So tough, tough conference or a tough out of conference schedule. But when you're talking conference, I like that they get Bucknell at home Colgate, who I have them close to in conference. They get them at home. You go on the road for back to back against Holy cross, but your second game is against Georgetown, which I think they can easily beat them. So um, very interesting. I, I think they're just a hair above. I, I like what this team's doing. Yeah. And Ashawn Davis, you know, he was young last year. He was very young last year. Uh, I know he didn't light it up. He threw only six touchdowns and four interceptions, but they kind of used three, three different quarterbacks. But Davis, I think will be the starter. If I had to bet once again, we don't have the greatest Intel on this, but I think if you look at the reps he did last year, he's back for his junior season. I think he should be the man under center when that, when they start the season, but uh, the run game, not very good a season ago. So, but they went, it was a freshman, Jamar Curtis from Waldorf, Maryland. And maybe, maybe year two, they develop that more. It is a brand, you know, like, like we said, I understand the logic in taking them because that was year one. You're learning the system. Most all coaches, I feel like kind of struggle year one, unless your name's Sonny Dykes. Um, so uh, all right. I mean, I think the schedule's a little harder than Colgate's, but I could, I'll, I'll stick to mine. We, we could argue this as the season goes along, because uh, I will have Colgate ahead of Lafayette, Lafayette right behind Colgate. But now we get to the you're, cream. You're, you're a tooth, you're a toothpaste, brother. I'm, 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 a, I'm a leopard. I feel good about it. I'll take it. You're, you're toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, you, I'll you take, fight, I'll take my toothpaste, baby. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, the top two teams, and I think this is this is the the thing with the Patriot League is it's it's um it's pretty obvious. I think there's a clear tier here, and I don't know. Even though Tim Demorat's now with the Washington Redskins, um, and he was awesome last year. If you didn't watch him in the FCS, they they sh- they almost knocked off the Ohio Bobcats, who were a ten win team in the MAC. That was a great great game. No defense, but uh, great game from an offensive standpoint and a quarterback performance. But now you have the Fordham Rams. Joe Conlon said three straight winning seasons. See, I see. I'm buying into his his culture that he's built there. Yes, they took some major hits at the wide receiver in the quarterback spot, but they brought in C.J. Montez, a transfer from New Mexico. Now, I don't know if this is gonna. I, I watched a decent amount of New Mexico football. They were not a pass heavy team by any means. So I I don't know if this changes their philosophy as far as the way that they're going to 
I, when you have Tim Demora, you could do anything. You you could really stretch teams vertically. I don't know that they'll do be doing that, <laughs> you know. But still, getting a P five transfer in there to play quarterback, you got to be optimistic about that. They were nine and three a season ago, made it to the FCS playoffs, lost at New Hampshire by ten, you know. And and obviously the big game of the season, I think everyone remembers, was the Holy Cross game where they there was over a hundred points scored. They lost in overtime, but um, coming into this year. I, I think you, you know, the schedule, I, I expect regression, but not that much because I believe in this coach and I believe in the coaching staff. They're at Albany week zero in a game that I'm super excited about. Cause we only have like 11 football games during week zero that is on flow sports. So good luck. I mean, I have flow sports, but a lot of people out there, I know the bitching and moaning, but uh, that is a huge game. And I think that's a winnable game. I think that's a winnable game. I know Albany brings back reef uh, Reese Poffenberger, but um, I think that's a winnable game. Then they have Wagner who's been just ass. Uh, so I think they should, they, they could be not should they could be two and L then they head to UB stadium to take on the Buffalo bulls. Holy cross beat Buffalo a year ago, but I do not expect Fordham to beat Buffalo at, at Buffalo. Um, so there's that. Then uh, they get a bye week and the Stonehill Skyhawks come to the Bronx. Um, that is a interesting game that I think is losable for them. Um, then they're at Georgetown win home, home to Lehigh win. Then they go to take on Stony Brook, Stony Brook. I don't expect them to be lighting the world on fire this year, but I think it is a sneaky game. I will take Fordham to win that game, but I could also see them losing that they get a bye week and then they're hosting Holy cross. Nice bye week to be hosting the team's best or the conference's best team. Uh, then they get the Bucknell bison at home and then they're at Lafayette and at Colgate to end the season. I do think they're still going to end up the second best team, but I do think there is still a gap. And I think the gap is even bigger this year than it was a season ago between them and Holy cross. Talk to me about the Fordham Rams, Mike. Yeah. Same exact page as you're on. I, uh, I trust the coach and I trust the system. Um, you know, you see a quarterback like Tim Demorat leave and you're not going to automatically replace that the next year. There's no way. But I think they could still put up pretty good numbers. Now, they also lose two big-time wide receivers. Fought, uh, uh, good luck saying that one. But this dude had 13,000 or 1,300 yards yeah. and 15 touchdowns. Fotis, Kuka, Sololis. <laughs> there you go. Dude, yeah, I mean, bless, hold on. God bless you, man. Just so the audience knows, Demorat threw 56 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. He's in the NFL now. And they had 3,000-yard receivers. So, anyway, continue on. Who does he play for? The Redskins. the Redskins. Yes. The <laughs> Redskins. Yeah. I got I, I got a friend that still refers to the uh Charlotte Hornets as the Charlotte Bobcats. And I'm like, dude, they were the Charlotte Bobcats for like three years. Why do you do this? But the well, Redskins, you you got a better yeah. hill to die on. I, so I, I grew, okay I grew up in that town. They're, they're Redskins forever, man. I don't give a fuck. Um but, but yeah, so they lose they lose that guy, uh, and they lose to Coos Carter, who also had eleven hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns. Now they do bring back MJ Wright, 1100 yards, 11 touchdowns, Makai Felton, which 500 uh, yards and six touchdowns. Amazing that he still got 500 yards with all those, the 3000 yard receivers they had. Um, they lose their leading rusher, Trey Snead as well, but they returned Julius Lockridge, which was, uh, he had 929 yards, eight touchdowns, 7.1 yards per carry last year. So big numbers there. Uh, on defense, they have who I think is going to be the defensive player of the year for con- for the conference, James Conway, 127 tackles last year, total three sacks and a fumble. Uh, there's still pieces. I still trust this program. 
and they have the victory bell that they win, ring whenever they win. It was taken off of a World War II Japanese aircraft carrier after it surrendered. You don't really get much more hardcore than that. So love I'm behind it. the team. <laughs> Ab- absolutely love it. Now, you know, I mentioned CJ Montez transfers in from New Mexico, but they also could play Grant Wilson. Grant Wilson was four or five a year ago. He's going to be going into a senior year. Maybe, maybe they go with culture there. You know, he only threw five passes a year ago. Two touchdowns out of those five, though. So uh, doing something right. He's out of Arlington, Virginia. Um, I think they'll still be solid, but I think there's a, still a big gap, man. And I, I, I it, folks, if you listened to me last year on the FCS, uh, or we didn't have this feed, but it was the on the College Football Experience feed uh, where we cover FBS. I would do an FC, FCS show every week, and I am just extremely bullish on the head coach Bob Chesney, who I think. Uh, I hate to tell uh, Holy Cross fans this, but I said Boston College. If Jeff Halfley were because th- they say Jeff Halfley's on the hot seat of Boston College, they would be fools not to consider Bob Chesney. In my opinion, he who's thirty-seven and seventeen as a head coach at Holy Cross, and coming off of you know uh, essentially being twenty-five and five since COVID, twenty-five and five since COVID. I repeat. Um, and that includes a four game season where they were three and one in 2020, but he's done this everywhere. He's been assumption. He was 44 and 16. Uh, then he was his previous stop. He was 23 and nine. And this guy's a damn good football coach. And when you tell me that Holy cross still has him coming back for a brand new season, then you have Matthew Saluka, who I call. And, and like I said, if you listen to the show a year ago, I was, that was my squad, man. I, I love this Holy cross team. I, the, the guys, we come watch college football games here in the studio. We have this crazy setup. You, you'll see it throughout the season. If you're a first time listener or follow us on social media, I, we have a TV called the Holy cross TV where we put that on. We, we watch the games every, every, every single week. And man, I love this team. I love, I just think they're really good. They had, this was, they were tied up in the fourth quarter at Brookings, South Dakota against South Dakota state who won the FCS national championship. And that was in the FCS playoffs folks. Um, Delaware went out there and got their ass whooped. You know, uh, several teams got their ass whooped by, uh, by South Dakota state a year ago and Holy cross held their own until late. I was so impressed by that game and Holy cross, by the way, has two straight wins against the FBS Yukon two years ago, last year, Buffalo folks, the, uh, these aren't scholarship players. Right. This is, this is an unbelievable coaching job. And I know the schedule's challenging um, because Mary Mac, by the way, great first week one game because Mary Mac's really good. And you know, unfortunately they, they haven't been able to uh, compete for championships because of uh, the jump up to the FCS, but uh, that's a huge first week game. Then they go to Boston college week two and they follow that with at Yale. So the first three weeks, just bangers after banger. Then they get the Colgate Raiders, which, you know, is homecoming uh, in Worcester there. Then they, uh, then they get Harvard once again, another great game. And then uh, at Bucknell and then they're home to Laf or they, they get a buy. Then they're home to Lafayette at Fordham. So they got to go to Fordham, which could be sneaky. Uh, last year's game was a classic back to back away here as they head then to Goodman stadium to take on the mountain Hawks of Lehigh. And then the sneaky game in there, November 11th at army. They have two F you know, Holy cross has two FBS wins in the past two seasons. They're looking to do two in one year. And then they end the season uh, at fit and field against the Georgetown Hoyas. 
And by the way, that Harvard game at Polar Park in Worcester, that's a, I'm excited to see that one. But this team's loaded. I think they're going to I think they have a shot. I think the schedule is challenging though. Two FBSs, they're not going to go undefeated in the regular season like a year ago. I highly doubt that. And but I think they're going to dominate the competition in this conference. I just think they're they're a complete team. They're I'm impressed with their physicality, knowing that they have no scholarship guys. They do all this, you know, uh, just on straight coaching. I am shocked at the at, at the way they were able to hang with South Dakota State with that physicality. I love watching this team play, and I think they're going to dominate the Patriot League yet again. And I think they're going to be in the FCS playoffs. And if I if I were uh, you know an opposing coach that's going to be in the FCS playoffs, I wouldn't want to draw them because they they make you pay. In my opinion, from a physicality standpoint, and then Saluka is such a dangerous weapon. Um, what what do you think of Holy Cross heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, hands down. I mean, I had him going six and zero in conference. It is a tad tricky because you do have to go on the road to play Fordham. I mean, that's the only spot I could even see them tripping up as far as in the Patriot League. But um, we just covered Fordham. They lost so much. I think Holy Cross is just so far above. They return eight starters on offense, four of them on the offensive line. Three of those guys were all conference. Speaking of all conference, 10 all conference players in total return. Uh, you covered Saluka. He's got his main guy, Jalen Coker, uh, as wide receiver. He's also got two time all conference tight end, Sean Morris back. Six starters come back on defense. That was the number 22 D in the FCS last year as far as total defense. Top 20 rushing D. Uh, they only gave up 21 and a half points per game. Cornerback Devin Haskins, he's also back. He had four interceptions last year. Uh, there's talent all over the place. Um, my uh, air conditioning problems making my computer overheat last week. I didn't get to do the top 10 <laughs> FCS versus FBS games. I actually had Holy Cross both of their games this year as intriguing matchups that I thought they could potentially win. Uh, what do we know about Boston college? When you go and you play there, it's a sleepy environment. I mean, this is a regional battle. This is a battle in Massachusetts. If they get up early, look out. Those fans are already checked out the 14 of them that are there. Uh, I think Holy cross fans will be there too. That's, that's a live dog. That's a live dog. I agree. And army's going to be a one score game. We already know that. So they could win that game. This team has a chance to beat two FBS teams. Bob Chesney has given this team four straight Patriot league titles. This team is on a roll. They love it. They got a ton coming back. I love this team hands down by far the best team in this conference. Yeah. Yeah. And they're so, so fun to watch folks. If, it, look, if, you, if you're brand new, maybe you're just, you're, you've been listening to our FBS show forever and you're just giving the FCS a try. Holy cross is very fun to watch. I, I think they're a very, just a, a super exciting team. And I think this coach is absolutely fantastic. I'm excited to. See, I hope he stays at Holy Cross. I want to see Holy Cross go back in, go back in on football all the way, man. Because man, they got something brewing there, man. I, I really like the way they play. I think Saluka is one of the more underrated quarterbacks in all the FCS. And yeah, it, I think it's a slam dunk here. This is like, this is probably easier. I'm trying to think of an FBS conference that would be on this magnitude, probably Georgia or Alabama winning the sec over the years, or maybe Ohio state back when like Brady Hoke was uh, the coach of Michigan where you just knew Ohio state was going to win it. Um, uh, but man, Holy cross, they're going to be exciting to watch. I love that beginning of the schedule. Like first game, Mary Mac, boom. I'm excited to watch it. Then Boston college, then Yale. Sure. You get the Colgate game in there, but then Harvard, 
like those first four games that Harvard game, I believe is yeah. Polar park. I think that's like the, uh, it's at a baseball stadium with their minor league team. So it's going to be fun to watch that one too. And we're going to break down all of those games. When the season comes folks, we're going to be, we, we will have spreads on these. We we'll breaking down the, our best plays talking about who we like for each game also. And uh, remember, we're going to preview each and every conference. We're just getting started folks. All right. So give, uh, give us a follow on Twitter at TCE on SGPN and make sure. And, and Shane Vendrell says uh, Holy cross could win the ACC. If we're being honest, interesting. And yeah, he's calling for them to be 10 and 0. I think that schedule's hard, but I, I, I do think they're fucking really good. So I, I, I really, it's they're capable of running that thing. It's just going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see, but uh, yes, please give Mike a follow as I was trying to get to uh, he's on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. Remember we are on YouTube as the college uh, youtube.com slash the college experience. I'm on Twitter at the Colby Dean. Once again, the, co- the FCS college football experience is on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. It's going to be an unbelievable season folks. And we're just getting started. Happy early 4th of July. We wanted to do the Patriot league before uh, we, we mentioned how, how historic these programs were and you know, the uh, victory bell and world war two, all this great shit. We appreciate all of uh, you know, all the troops out there, including one Mike Rose, by the way, Mike Rose, Mike Rose was a, you know, I appreciate people don't know this GCG wins. Yes. He went over Much there. Appreciate it, brother. Dude, you, you, I, I, you give me the freedom to just be a fucking idiot over here. I appreciate that, man. So that's uh, why I signed up, dude. There, there we go. Like, let me, let me just let this guy get on the radio, get on podcast, get on Spotify, say whatever the hell he wants, get sued by men at work. Like yes, whatever. Yes. Let it happen, man. This is a free cut. This is America, man. God, God bless that country that where you get sued by playing a song 20 years from a band 40 fucking years ago. But uh, folks shout out. I hope you guys have a wonderful 4th of July. Uh, and, and like I said, we're just getting started here on the FCS college football experience. We're going to be previewing all the conferences, talking about all the best storylines and uh, you know, and, and capping when the games come, we'll be talking about the best matchups. I'm already, I honestly believe that Holy cross Merrimack game is among the tops for week one. Uh, it's up there. There's another one, William and Mary Campbell that I'm super excited about. We're going to be talking all about it here on the FCS college football experience. Subscribe, tell a friend folks, and uh, well, have a happy fourth. All right. This is the FCS college football experience. You better start thinking about yours and we out of here. Run and shoot. We can get a ride and shoot.